0: Welcome to Dr. Lovely's Couch Cafe Show. Dr. Lovely here. Well, we're getting to seven, eight, nine today. Before we get started now, goddamn. <sighs> I don't even want to talk about today, so let's just move on. <laughs> it's been a wild day today. I am on... Fuck it why night tonight. Um is why night can get real shit. Before I get started, I saw something very interesting. <sighs> and if you hear me breathing niggas, it it's cause pollen season is big God damn it? All right. You know what? Let me say this real quick. I love my son. Yeah, I do. Because he did something really nice for his mommy today. And I'm happy. Um, I'm just so happy I got some good kids that are in the space to, like, really cover me and have my back. So, I think the thing that I want you to know is this. Having a good um, support system is everything. Your support system, niggas, you keep that locked in. The people that support you the most. You know what I'm saying? You make sure they good. um, Real stuff. And I really believe in having a strong support system. Because we normally don't. So... This is a shout out to my oldest son, whom his mommy loved him so much, cause he's my baby, First firstborn, my first king. Well, prince, you know. So, I want to have one more little kid, one more son. I hoped to have one. I saw the cutest little baby in my office yesterday. She had her little baby. I was like, oh. Anyway, um. Let's get to it.
1: Speech. Look. For instance, the financial situation of the United States. When I talk to my conservative friends right here, they always tell me that the problem is high taxes. But they're wrong. Of course, high taxes are extremely high here in the United States. I I give you that. You're right in that. But that's not the real problem. The real problem is not the high taxes themselves, but the fact that they are not even really funding the government. But even those high taxes, higher than a lot of places in the world, but even those taxes are really funding the government. So who's financing the government? Government is financed by treasury bonds. Um...
0: Um, let me tell you, financing those treasury bonds, um, they're called Jewish people, um, and, 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 um, the papacy, um, yeah, they're connected, um, so, uh, if you don't know, I'd, I'd definitely, um, suggest you start looking into some shit, Cause you know, most of the time we're like, oh my God, um, whatever you're talking about don't matter to me cause it's not impacting my life in any way. Well, niggas, um, I, I came here today to like, tell you that, okay. Yeah. Um fuck yeah, it really is impacting your life. Cause like, fuck taxes on every motherfucking thing. Um, it's a real deal. And, um, books. I don't like books. Um, and well, when you you go to the store and, like, you want a fucking steak. And, like, a primary steak is, like, $30. Like, fuck. Like, fuck, fuck. You feel what I'm saying? Because that shit's impacting me. Because a motherfucker want a steak. So, if I got to pay $30 for a steak, uh, yeah. Uh-uh. Niggas ain't buying no motherfucking steak. So, what he is saying is relevant, but the problem is, god damn it. well, um, so the real problem is that niggas give fucks about anything that really impact their motherfucking life, and we're so devoid of information, and let me also tell you, because you know, sometimes they feed us bullshit, For example, I heard someone give information today, but they skewed the fucking information. And because niggas don't research, they would have took the shit and ran with it. People purposefully give you truth, but twist it for a narrative. Which is why it's still critical and important. For our ass to look to see the information provided unto us is true. Niggas, whether it's news on the regular fucking TV, TikTok or wherever the fuck it is, is crucial goddamn for us to look it up. So people, my people, start start engaging start engaging to educate your motherfucking self it's critical and important paper
1: and who buys the treasury bonds mostly the fed and how does the fed buy them by printing money but what backing does the Fed have for that money being printed? Shit. The treasury bonds themselves. So basically, you finance the government by printing money out of thin air. Real shit. Someone could ask. Someone could ask. Well, so if the government can print the limited amounts of money out of thin air, why do they collect taxes? Hmm. Huh.
0: Did you hear what he motherfucking said? If the government can print money out of thin air, meaning there's no gold to back it, no solid um, precious stone or anything to back the worth of what it's printing. Why in the fuck are they charging you taxes? What purpose does it fucking serve? Because you just making shit up. Now, it's illegal when you print money out of thin air. But your government can fucking do that shit. Niggas. Father. So, shall we go back to what we read in Jeremiah? And let me tell you the critical point of re-listening to something. I was listening to my podcast that I posted yesterday, today. And something very interesting jumped out at my ass. Which is going to make me go and do a podcast on this. But the thing that jumped out at me was... Father. When I went over the breakdown... Of the nations attached to the animals. Something very important... Was stated because normally... People only address certain nations. But this time, Edom was addressed. Now, how often have you heard anyone talking about end time prophecy and address Edom? Never, niggas. Fucking never. They never address Edom. But not only did they address Edom... The discussion literally within that passage told you that they would be doing a deception. So, let's back it up. Did you recall me talking about the New Testament? Having its connection and roots in the descendants of Edom? Or the Edomites? Well, Nish. That would be my biblical motherfucking proof, Father. I love you because you know what? Had a nigga not got in the accident, had a nigga actually got that shit together before the accident, nigga. Goddamn, I probably would have never seen it. Who's to say I would? But we give God glory. Even for calamity. Because if we really think about what I wrote, I read last night. The first thing he asked was. If there's anyone around you that is really seeking to turn around. And gain understanding from the thing that I'm about to do to you. Is there any who will really see the calamity that I brought a forth on you and say, you know what, God? Hmm. This was very painful. It's very uncomfortable, God. I really wish I hadn't had to have gone through this To gain the concept, understanding, and vision I have right now. But had I not went through this uncomfortable thing. I could not say, Father, thank you. Thank you for whooping my ass. Thank you for setting me straight. Because you could have killed me. You could have maimed me. I could have been sick. But thank you for loving me enough to chastise me. So that I will get right before you. And still not perfect. But I promise you this. Forever changed what I see and my relationship with him will be forever changed because of the incident that took place. So sometimes an ass-whooping brings about correction. You got to give God glory for it because it could be way worse. But the thing about it is, is to recognize the importance Of making change. For turning around. And telling God. As for me and my house. We will serve you. All day every day. And if I have to get beat every day. In order to be in the correct space with him, then so be it. I ain't gonna like it, niggas, goddamn. But so be it. Because he says he chasing those whom he loves in order to bring correction, that we line up effectively in righteousness. And righteousness. So I say again. Shama, Yisra'iyah. Yahuwah Eloheinu. Yahuwah Akkad. Hero Israel. Yahuwah our Elohim. Yahuwah is one alone. And above all things. We shall love him with all our heart and with all our mind and with all our soul because he deserves it now let's get to it oh I forgot that video ain't finished yet
1: I mean a the theory would make sense right if they can print unlimited amounts of money why would they need taxes for the answer is simple but it's very shocking The real problem is that you pay high taxes only to uphold the illusion that you are funding the government, which you are not. It's shocking, but it's true. The government is funded by money printing, paper backed with paper, a bubble that will inevitably burst. The situation is even worse than it seems because if most Americans and the rest of the world were to become aware of this farce confidence in your currency would be lost. The dollar will fall and the western civilization with it. If the next president of the United States...
0: Pause. Did you hear what the nigga said? The dollar will fall and the currency with it. Meaning the dollar itself is completely wiped out. Now let me help you to understand what that really motherfucking means. I put some money in some cryptocurrency this week. They say you need about a thousand dollars in there to really see it work. So I did that to really see if what they say is true. So, in the span of one day, $1,000 in the crypto market yielded $250. Can I say it one more time? In the span of one day, $1,000 yielded a profit of 250 dollars I told y'all this year is going to be the year for cryptocurrency because the dollar will crash and what you'll have left is sustaining the economy is going to be digital currency Can I say it one more time? Because I know last year half of the shit I said to y'all, y'all didn't listen to. So let's, let's start a new year. I'm sorry it's not a new year yet. But you know the year will be ending. Coming into April will be my new year. So as the closing of this year comes... And the beginning of the new year comes in. You're going to begin to see the cryptocurrency increase exponentially. Exponentially. Because their agenda is to crash the dollar. And everything backed by that system. Is going to go fucking Bankrupt. Because it's based in the old system unless they start changing it over to back whatever um, stocks they have in that company up under the cryptocurrency. And if they do that, then those companies probably keep going. But I have a. Yeah, I believe it might not. But we'll see. So if y'all are into stocks, um, y'all better get with it. And if you're not, you might want to look into it. Because whatever you have, I swear to God, I really wish I got into the currency. Of Bitcoin. Before I moved here. Because I had a couple of people trying to get me to buy into it at the time. But I didn't do it. Because nigga, I knew the the CIA created Bitcoin. I was like, fuck that. I ain't trusting them motherfuckers for what. But I didn't understand at the time. They were setting up for something. And that was to, to destroy the regular dollar. You know, had I known that, I would have been a wealthy bitch right now, goddamn. Because mind you, Bitcoin is $35,000 a motherfucking share. And how I bought the shares at the time, I would be doing really good right now. Where I'm at now, if I just get, if it hits a dollar a share, I'm good. I think y'all might want to start looking into it. I'm serious. But this video is almost up, and then we're going to get to the where I was at
1: listen make the necessary policies and the structural changes sooner or later that bubble will burst there's still time you don't have to make the same mistakes we did in the 60s and the 70s you can still jump before the water boils
0: you can jump before the world water boils so mr president of el salvador now mind you in 2000 and 17, El Salvador had a very bad turn. They lost, um, their currency died. It was so bad, goddamn. That tissue was thousands of dollars. Y'all think a steak is $30 now, niggas? Shit. If the dollar fails, it's going to be thousands of dollars. And we won't be doing shit because we ain't barely making thousands of dollars a month. You feel what I'm saying? The whole country went up in chaos. They were running away from the borders trying to get out of the country because it was so bad. You already know history repeat itself. But I keep telling y'all niggas. I keep telling y'all. Work together. But you know we not. So. It's gonna be what it's gonna be. Okay, here I go. Wish this. Okay, that's six. So now we're going to seven. The word that came to Yahu, from Yehoah, saying, Stand in the gate of the house of Yehoah and proclaim there this word and say, hearken to the word of Yehoah, all Judah. Who come into these gates to prostrate yourself before Jehovah? Prostrate. It's when you lay down, face down, in reverence or respect. So said Yehovah Sabaoth, the Yah of Israel. Improve your ways. And your deeds. I will allow you to dwell in this place. Do not reply on false words. Do not reply on false words. Don't reply to me with lies. Don't tell me what you gonna do knowing your ass ain't gonna do it. Don't blow smoke up my ass. Save it. Because I ain't even trying to hear it. Saying, the temple of Jehovah, the temple of Jehovah, the temple of Jehovah are they. Three times a year, you appear before me. Three feast days attached to them coming into the temple to bring up their sacrifices. One is during Passover. Two is during a feast of trumpets when we atone for our sins as a nation. And the last time is during Feast of Tabernacles when we come in for census and to be accounted for. For if you improve your ways and your deeds, if you perform judgments between one man and his fellow man, Well, those sacrifices are attached to repentance. We must make things right with our fellow man before we come before God with sacrifices and offerings. And he already said he didn't really need them. It wasn't about the offerings and the sacrifices. Those were used so that the priests could have longevity and um, provision that the first welfare system, if you want to look at it from that perspective, that's the best way to explain it because that's really what it was. A welfare system for women who um, were um, widows and for the orphan children, right? Or the stranger that was in the gates that might need some assistance or anyone who was poor in poverty that needed some help. So pretty much, it's pretty much a welfare system. So that's, that's really what it was used for, right? So when when you got the churches in every motherfucking corner taking up tides, but they don't pour back into the community in which they come from, then you're robbing the community of its resources so you see how God gave resources to the communities in which tied to it but you don't find that same thing with your churches even though they say they are based on our principles talk to us, father today you're supposed to make it right So, if you wrong someone, you apologize and bring oblations. The gift that really shows that you're sorry for what you did is more than words, it's action. So when you wrong someone, you correct it. I'm sorry. And to show you that I'm seriously sorry, I brought this for you. Words and a gift adds to the deed that has been done. So it's important for us to repent to our fellow man when we've wronged them. This is why you always hear me talking about the fact that I like to apologize for my wrongdoing and make correction because it is, due, it is my due diligence to let the person that I've wronged know that I have wronged them. Acknowledgement means that I want you to know and be aware of how I feel about you. It's to show you how important you are to me. And because you're important to me, I want to make corrections. I want to rectify what I've done to you. So when I rectify what I've done, it tells you... How I value my relationship with you. Sincerity in my wrongdoing. And sincerity with me wanting to make things better with you. So that our relationship gets back on the right track. So when we come with our oblations to God... We've cleared up our hearts by saying, I made it right with my brother and my sister, my mama, whoever. I asked for forgiveness, and I apologized for my wrongdoing. So, Father God, here I am now. I'm letting you know I did what you commanded for me to do, and that was to make things right with my my brother or my sister. And because I made it right with my brother and my sister... I'm coming before you as a promise to let you know, right that I upheld the principle that you set before me to show you that I am of good character. Uh, I, I'm walking in your precepts to to ensure that I keep my uphold myself. Accountable because pretty much that's what it is. It's you holding your own self accountable for the actions of what you do to other people. You setting a standard for yourself. And because I've set a standard, I'm 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 telling you, Father, forgive me because I made some bad choices and I just I just want you to know that I corrected with my fellow man first before I came to you to have this conversation about what I've done. So pretty much what I'm doing is sealing the deal by saying, Father, I corrected it. So please don't punish me for what I've done. Ooh, talk to me. Ain't that ain't that's it? So you think God will still punish you for you making the corrections of the actions you've done? I, I think you'll be pardoned for what you've done by, because you made corrections. And and the actions you've done. And then you come before God and say, please pardon me for what I've done. Because, see, that's really what that is, right? Because you're asking for forgiveness. You're asking him to pardon you for the negativity that you've caused or the harm that you caused someone else. Moving on. Come on, talk to us tonight, Father. I will allow you to dwell in this place and in the land I gave you, your forefathers. From the days of your, from days of your, to eternity. Behold, you rely on false words of no avail. False words, empty words that make you feel good. They tickle your ear, but they have no power or strength or benefit for you in any way because empty words have no weight. It floats away. Will you steal, murder, commit adultery, swear falsely, offer up to Baal? Oh, shit, thanks. The Lord. And follow other gods that you know not? Not? This is a question. Will you do all these things? And should the temple of Jehovah be beneficial to you? See, if you go and you read the book of Ezekiel, in the book of Ezekiel, it talks about all the wickedness they did within the temple of God. He said he found every creepy thing and foul spirit that they brought and they had cut out places in the temple and, and hid their gods in there. Oh, God was airing out the dirty laundry, niggas. And he said, this is, this is what you're going to use my house for. I, I made my house a house of, of um, purification for the people but the priests have turned it into a very corrupt thing. So the people that are supposed to lead you and teach you the way are corrupt. So what benefit does the temple have unto them if they're utilizing it for the thing that I did not construct it for or have you to construct it for? It's like coming into your home and you have a wife, and she has a purpose, and and in the beginning of your marriage, she took care of you. She doted on you. She waited on your hand and foot, and and one day you, she said, I want to go to school, and, and she decides she wants to go to school, and so you you work real hard, and you you, you work so hard to get her everything she needs and, and you work hard and you pay for her schooling and she flourishes in, in her education. And then, and then, um, and you keep working and you work hard, you help out, you know, you might cook a meal or two because, you know, she got to study for a test. And you're working real hard to help her out and be um, a support system unto her as as she's going to school to get some education because, you know, it's the benefit of the family if you support her through what it is that she wants to do and then one day she graduates from school and she gets a job and now she makes more than you and she starts looking down on you because of um the money she's making so she's feeling really proud because now she makes more money than you and she feels like she's the breadwinner now but she got the she forgot the sleepless nights you had while you supported her through her education. She forgot how you would get up and, and uh, make her coffee, you know, when she was studying late. And she forgot how you said you would pick the kids up because you know she didn't get a good night's sleep because she was up studying late. So you picked the kids up and then you cooked dinners while she was studying. You see, she forgot all of your sacrifices in the relationship while you were supporting her dream. Talk to us, Father. Till one day you don't even recognize your wife because she's become a tyrant and a cruel and mean thing because she makes a few dollars more than you. And now she downs you and tells you that she feels like she's above you and now she's talking about how worthless you are. How quickly people forget of the good things that other people do for them. How they're willing to go to bat for you. How they'll stop everything to do something for you. How quickly they forget. How does the temple benefit you? Well, how did the education benefit him? The education she received became a tool of destruction for her marriage. The education she received became a tool of destruction for the lives of her children because they watched her disrespecting down their father. So they believe in their hearts and their minds in the deeds of their mother, who openly rebuked her husband. And as she broke him all the way down, as they watched, huh? Till he became the shell of a man that he used to be. Talk to us, Father. I promise you, nobody deserves that. There's no way. And there has never been a day. The more education I got, the more humbled I became. But for some reason, the more wiser I became, the more I realized how our relationship was a lie There's nothing like giving people your all and them not appreciating what you give them When you not ne- when you really never ask for much in return He didn't ask for anything in return what made him happy was to see his wife fulfill her dream. He didn't request that she would have to lower her standards nor be less than who she was. He just wanted to support her. A lot of times a lot of men are are that way. But do you know what women call them today? Low-value men. They're not low-value. They're high-value. They just have low-value women with low-value ideologies and principles. Verse 10. And when you come and stand before me in this house, upon which my name is called, and say, we are saved, in order to commit all these abominations. How do you hold your head up high? As a woman knowing that your husband supported you, and got you in a place in life that your own parents wouldn't get you. Because mind you, when we go to college in our adulthood, a lot of us wanted to go to school but couldn't afford to, or wanted to go to school because but something got in the way, or wanted to go to school but they didn't have the support they needed, or wanted to go to school but they had to sacrifice and work because they needed to help their parents out. Has this house upon which my name is called become a cave of profligate men in your eyes? Spendthrift, right, is another word for profligate is someone who spends money prodigiously. Who spends extravagant and recklessly wasteful with money, often to a point where the spending climbs well beyond their means. A spendthrift derives from an absolute sense of the word thrift to mean prosperity rather than frugality. So a spendthrift is one who has spent their prosperity Similar to what we call hood rich. When you spend your money to the point where you know you shouldn't spend it. On wasteful things that you don't even need. And then after you spend it all and you have nothing left, you looking at God saying, oh, my God, I need to pay my bills. Because oftentimes people spend that money on useless things instead of taking care of their responsibilities. Oh God, no! his people, don't he? I too behold, I have seen it, says Yehovah. For go now to my place that is in Shiloh, where I cause my name to rest at first, and see what I did to it because of wickedness. Because of the wickedness of my people. And now. Because you have committed all these acts. Says Yehoah. And I spoke to you. Going early. And speaking. But you did not hearken. I called you. But you did not respond. And if we take it back to. That husband. Whose wife didn't appreciate his kind gesture and his sacrifices to get her to a place where she's now making better money. But now she has a disdain for the husband she has because he's no longer... um. I guess the best way to say it is he doesn't measure up to the image she now has. So you often find women saying, I got a job doing this. So it's time for me to level up my man so he can make just as much money as I do or more. Because this man is no longer valuable to me because he doesn't fit my perception of what a high-value man is. But really what it is, is that that person always had a skewed sense anyway. And the real person had always been there. But oftentimes we neglect to really see the true heart of the person. If you ever hear me say, you know people by their actions towards you. And you know if they appreciate you by what you ask of them, they're willing to meet you halfway. So if people show you who they are by their actions towards you, when you ask for certain things and they make excuses as to why they can't give them to you, what did those men say? What did they say? They say you're no no relevance to them. That the relationship isn't as valuable to them as it is to you. So if you find yourself bending and compromising for someone and that person can't compromise and meet you halfway for what you're asking of them, Is not the writing on the wall. Is it difficult for you to see what you measure in their life? Because we compromise for whatever thing we want to compromise for. We make exceptions for all the things we choose to make exceptions for. So the best way I can explain it is when I constantly ask my boyfriend to spend time with me, but he found ways to spend time and engage in going in outings with other people in his family. My statement to him was, well, you find time to spend time with everyone else. But when I ask, I always get an excuse. So. How would that look to me? Well, you have time to spend with other people, but when I ask you, I can't get that and see, you will think I'm being um, well, he would tell me I was being um i was I was always trying to put myself in places that I don't fit. It wasn't about putting my, myself in places that I don't fit. It was me trying to get him to understand how that looks to me. When I ask you for something that you don't give me, it makes me feel like you'd rather spend time with other people than spend time with me. How it looks. Never said that's actually what it was. People's perception of you are based on action. What they see you do. So if I have nothing to judge him by. Or what I have to judge him by. Is his actions. The actions of him choosing To be around other people and not me. Will make me believe. What? I'm a simple person. But common sense is common sense. It's what it looks like. To me, when I'm asking something that I'm not receiving, but you get to see them doing the very thing that you're asking of them with other people, how else am I supposed to feel? And I'm only using this narrative to help you to understand what I mean. Not to say he's bad or wrong. It's in order to draw the picture to help you to understand how people feel and think when they're faced with certain situations. And how we often don't really think about what our actions or how our actions impact other people. Our actions impact other people. This is why he told us to make amends. Whatever we do to cause offense, we have to make it right. Because if you can't see the wrongness of your actions, then it's impossible for you to really make Correct judgments and doing the correct thing. Moving on, and I think the thing for us as a people, um. I think nowadays we have such a hard time really putting ourselves in other people's shoes and really understanding how sometimes we can be hurtful with actually not trying to be hurtful. Or doing things without actually considering the feelings of other people. And when they're telling you what they experience hurts them and you're not or we have no ability to actually um, consider what's being said to us it makes someone feel as if um, how they feel don't matter We have to consider the feelings of other people. Even if we're not trying to hurt them. You know, me and my mom had I had some <laughs> rocky relationship. And um, the last thing she did to me really hurt me. But you know, when we started talking again, I know me not talking to her hurt her. And instead of me looking for her to apologize to me. Seriously. This time I wasn't even looking for it. I just did what the rabbi said. In order to make amends, you just apologize even if you weren't wrong. Even if you felt like you weren't wrong. Because it's about mending, and repairing relationships. And if the relationship is important, then you do the things that it takes to make that relationship sustainable. And if you have to apologize, even though you did nothing wrong, then I'd rather have apologized to her and tell her I was sorry for the pain that I caused her. Because truthfully, Me not talking to her did cause her pain. I didn't say I stopped talking to you because you hurt me. Because it would have just taken us back into a place that wasn't fruitful. So it was just easier for me to tell her, I'm sorry for hurting you. Please forgive me. And I love you. And now I just have no expectations. And it's been pretty good with us. And I'm a knock on wood, niggas, because normally I say some shit and some bullshit start happening again, goddamn. But you know what I'm saying. If it's worthy of it, that accident taught me a lot. Life is too short. I could have lost my life that day. I really could have fucking lost my life. If that car had hit me a little bit closer, I would have been fucked up. But I thank God I'm here. And I'm trying to look at life differently. Moving on. And now because you have committed all these acts, say Jehovah. And I spoke to you going early and speaking, but you did not hearken. You didn't hear me. And I called you and you didn't respond. So now the HUD has been is pleading with his wife. And he says... I can't believe you're doing this to me. I can't believe you see me this way. Do you not know how much I love you? Do you not remember all of the things that I've done to get you to this point? I damn near killed myself working overtime so that we could pay for you going to school so that you wouldn't have to have any debt. Not only did I work long hours, but I stayed up with you while you studied, making you coffee. quizzing you on your assignments, proofreading your papers. And after I done all those things, damn near killing myself, you tell me I'm not good enough for you. And you tear me down in front of our children. But the thing that hurt me the most is you calling me low value. When the love I gave you was the purest and highest of value than any mineral found on this earth. This is how the people treated God. This is how the people continue to treat God. Hmm. And I will cast you away from my presence as I cast all your brothers, all the seeds, of Ephraim and you pray not on behalf of this people neither lift up cry nor prayer and entreat me not for I will not hear you he told the prophet not to pray for the people Don't plead on their behalf. Don't come looking for me to save them. Because I'm not listening. So the husband bags his clothes. Because the wife... No longer wants him in her, her home. That he broke his back to pay for. Her. I want you out. Because I've cut you out of my heart. Because you're not worthy to be my husband anymore. Because I'm, I'm greater than you now. So he packs his stuff. And he goes to see his kids in their home one last time. And he tells them that they love them, that he loves them. And what's happening isn't their fault. And that you, he really wished they could stay together. And as he walks towards the door, he turns around and looks back at her. And he said, are you sure this is what you want? Yeah. Yeah, this is what I want. So he leaves the door. He leaves to the door and walks out. And he turns around and look at the house one last time. And in his heart he says, I can't believe all those hours I worked. How I almost killed myself working Blood pressure up. Backbreaking work. Went without. In order to lose. All this. And I lost my family. Now she think everything was going to be perfect. He leaves, and she realizes that things are a little bit harder now on her own. They get a divorce, and the husband meets a new woman. But he meets a new woman that already makes more money than he does. But she doesn't care because she knows the treasure she has in him and all of the hard work that he did in order to increase his wife, his new woman does for him. So he decides to go back to school in order to better himself. And she does the same thing that he did for his first wife. But the appreciation that he has for her is completely different. One day he comes home and he sees his wife cooking and she's prepared his bath water. As soon as he comes in the house, everything is prepared for him. And he looks at her and he says, I thank God for you. Because I thought I had my, the woman that I was born to be with, and my first wife. But I never realized what I really didn't have until I met you. And she looks into his eyes. And she says, thank you, baby. She didn't know the treasure she had. But the first day I looked in your eyes, I knew what I had. And I thank God for you. And not only did I thank God for you. I prayed for you. And I know when I met you that he had answered my prayer. And my promise to the Heavenly Father was that I would do everything I could to make sure that you were happy. And he told me that you would do everything you could to make sure that I was happy. And every day I've been with you, you've shown me through your love and appreciation and your actions how much you really love me. True story, niggas. True story. Verse 17. Do you not see what they are doing in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem? The sons are gathering wood. And the fathers are kindling fire and the women are kneading dough to make star-shaped cakes for the queen of the heaven and to pour libations to other gods in order to provoke me. Father, uh, star-shaped cakes to the queen of heaven. Well, niggas, who is the queen of heaven? Well, y'all getting ready to celebrate her day. Her name is Ishtar. Some call her Astarte. (sighs) If you go and look up, The star of Ishtar. It's your five pointed pentagram. Those same motherfucking cookies y'all bake. Those star cookies for Christmas. The one y'all put on top of the goddamn Christmas tree. Star shaped cakes. the largest star they would call the expression of a queen. And so did Jeremiah render it to the female star of heaven. That's why they made stars. It was the worship of the celestial beings. Now, some people say the name we have now for Eve is attached to the queen of heaven. Because that's not her real name. But when you go look up the history of Eve, it'll tire right to the queen of heaven mary also are they provoking me says jehovah are they not provoking themselves for the shame of their faces therefore so says Behold, my wrath and my fury reaches this place upon man and upon beast and upon the trees of the field and upon the produce of the soil and it shall burn and not be quenched. It coincides with Exodus 9 and 33. Let's look that up. Excuse me. Then Moses left Pharaoh and went out of the city. He spread out his hands towards Jehovah. The thunder and hail stopped. And the rain no longer poured down on the land. When Pharaoh saw that the rain and the hail and the thunder had stopped, he sinned again. He and his officials hardened their hearts. So Pharaoh's heart was hard and he would not let the Israelites go. Just as Yehoah had said through Moses. Now, peep this. Remember, I told you, when. Um, what we really need to, when we really gonna start seeing is the turn up of the workforce. How come, in Florida, they um have petitioned for. Teenagers to work 40 hours in a work week. Now, because of child labor laws, kids were not allowed to work over a certain amount of hours per week, per month. But because they don't have enough people working, they're going to increase the amount of hours that they can work. Oh, shit is changing, niggas. This is going on in Florida. I told you the sign of what we're going to start seeing is the increase of the workforce. So not only are y'all ass working, but now they finna make it eligible for your children to work. Oh, come on now. I know y'all don't believe half of the shit I say. But it's time to start to take some of the things I say into consideration. So says Jehovah, the God of Israel, add your burnt offerings upon your sacrifices and eat flesh. Your burnt offerings, Right? That you offer up completely it. It would be better for you to add them to your peace offerings and sacrifices. Than as peace offering and eat the flesh. For they are not acceptable before Jehovah. Why then should you lose them? For neither do I speak with you, with your forefathers, nor did I command them on the day I brought them out of the land of Egypt concerning a burnt offering or a sacrifice. I ain't telling you to do that. Now you out here doing shit I ain't asked you to do. But here you go. Adding to what I told your ass not to. Come on, niggas. For neither did I speak with your forefathers, nor did I command them. Come on, that's what he said. But this thing, did I command them, saying, Obey me so that I am your God, and you are my people. And you walk in all the ways that I command you. So that it may be well with you. Let's read that one more time. Because I know the Christians didn't hear that. But I need you to hear it now, Christians, nigga, goddamn. But this thing did I command them. This is what I commanded them to do Obey me. So I am your God. And you are my people, meaning niggas. Is shit you can do to get yourself out this situation. So either you gonna do the fuck I said or not. Do the fuck I said you gonna be alright, goddamn. If you don't, nigga, it's finna be some real shit. That's how it sounded to me. I'm just saying, I don't know. I just put my extras on there. I'm sorry, guy. You already know niggas how I am. And you walk in all the ways, all the ways. That I command you, that you walk in all the ways, all the things that He command. He said you supposed to do it, so that it might be what well with you. But they did not obey, nor did they I incline their ear. I mean they got close enough to hear. They didn't come in and say, "Um, what, what was that you said?" Oh, that's what you said. Oh, okay. No, they didn't get close to find out, but walked according to their own counsel and in the view of their own heart. And they went backwards and not forward. Father, help us. Since the day that your fathers came forth out of the land of Egypt unto this day, I sent you all my servants, the prophets. Sending them day after day with every fresh morning, early in the morning. Yet they hearkened not to me, nor did they incline their ear, but stiffened their necks. They did worse than their fathers. And when you will speak all of these things to them, and they will not hearken to you. And you call to them and they will not answer you. You know, niggas. You be hearing me saying this all the time. Then say to them, this is, a, this is the nation that did not hear the voice of Jehovah their Elohim. And has not received correction out of their mouth. Faithfulness has disappeared. Yay, rooted out. These are not faithful people. You already know, niggas ain't faithful to shit. Because I'm going to do my crema. I'm going to eat my pork. I'm going to eat my shrimp. I'm going to eat my crab. Because that's what I'm going to do. And ain't nothing you can do to change my mind. Because I'm going to do what I want to do when I want to do it. However I want to do it. Because ain't nothing you can do about it. Just saying. Then say to them, This is the nation that did not hear the voice of Yahuwah, their Elohim, and has not received corrections out of their mouth faithfulness has disappeared, yea rooted out. So here I'm sorry, so tear off your diadem and cast it off. What is a diadem? It's a crown. Tear off your crown and throw it down. And let lamentation sound out over the hill locks. For Yahuwah has rejected and abandoned the generation of his wrath. Father God in heaven uh, Tear off your diadem. Tear off your hair. And he caused quails to fire, to fly. And he shaved his head. Another explanation is that means your diadem, an expression of greatness. And so did Jeremiah render your great ones. And so did. And I mean classify it. For the sons of Judah have done what is evil in my sight, says Jehoah. They place their abominations in the house upon which my name is called to pollute it. Remember when I told you that God said, don't profane his name? And remember when I told you what profaning his name means. Anything that you do to show dishonor unto him. So the high places. Did I read that? No I didn't. Okay. 31. And they have built the high places of Topeth, which are in the valley of Ben Hamin to bury their sons and their daughters with fire, which I did not ordain, neither did it enter into my mind. So, the fire in the kids is during Christmas, nigga. Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. They would put their kids in the damn furnace and they'd be beating drums and then beating the drums so they wouldn't hear their kids scream. So he already showing you here, as stated, no man can die for the sins of another man. Therefore, sacrificing your children is invalid because no man can die for your sins. That is Molech, which was a copper, which was of copper, and they would heat it up from underneath it. With its hands spread out and heated. His hands will be opened up. Kinda like 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 pointed towards, you know, lifted upward. And they would place the child on his hands. You know, like Santa Claus. Goddamn, that's where the ritual come from. I know y'all don't like my ass, but that's really where it comes from. It's the same ritual. That's why you put your kid in his in his arms on his lap. <sighs> Y'all thought I was joking. I ain't playing. And he would be he would be burnt and moaned. and the priests would beat drums so that the father should not hear his son's voice and take pity. It is called topath because the drum. Hanmam, because the child's moaning. Haman, because the child's moaning. That's why it's called Haman. So the sons of moaning are the children the children that cry out, which did not ordain with commandments that they offer up their children as sacrifices and I did not speak to any of the prophets. And when I did speak to Ibrahim to slaughter his son, it did not enter into my mind that he, he slaughter, but only to make his righteousness known, to test him, not to actually Commit the act. Therefore, behold, says. Behold, the days are coming, says Yehoah. That it. It shall no longer be called. Topath, Or the valley of the sons of Haman. But the slaughter. The valley of slaughter. And they shall bury in Tomah. For lack of room. And the carcasses of this people. Shall be. For food, for the fowl of the heaven, and for the beast of the earth, and no one will frighten them. And I will stop from the cities of Judah, and from the streets of Jerusalem, the sound of merr, or merriment, and the sound of gladness, and the voice of the bridegroom, and the voice of the bride, for the land shall be desolate. Chapter 8. This one is shorter than the other one. At that time, says Jehovah, that they will take out the bones of the kings of Judah and the bones of the princes and the bones of the priests and the bones of the prophets and the bones of the inhabitants of Yerusalem from their graves... And spread them before the sun, before the moon, and before the entire host of the heavens, which they loved and which they worshipped and which they followed and which they sought and to which they prostrated themselves. They shall neither be gathered nor be buried. They shall be for dung on the surface of the earth. And if you really pay attention to the things that God does, It's literal, but it matches the sins of the people. So whatever they do, the punishment is based on the actions that they have committed or the sins that they have committed. So you'll see this reflection of the exact same thing that they did, and it mirrors their actions exactly. So when it says the punishment justifies the means, it truly does. Because exactly what you do in error, the punishment matches exactly what you've done. The death shall be um, preferable to life for all the residue that remain of this evil family, which remain in all the places, whether I have cast them out, says Jehovah Sabaoth. And you shall say to them, "So says jehovah shall they fall and not rise if he repents will he return? It is good for them to cast themselves unto the fall from which they wish there is no rising if they wish to repent of their wickedness, will the holy one Blessed be he, not return his decree. Another explanation is, if they repent, the repentance will not be permanent. For they will quickly return to their wickedness. And in this manner... It's rendered, if to repent, it is revealed before me that they will not repent. So basically what he's saying is, we never do anything correct for a long period of time. It's just like watching COVID, right? The shit that happened during COVID. Everybody was like nice and good to each other because they was afraid but shortly after COVID was over, people returned right back to the same things they were doing before. The righteousness in them ceased, and they went right back to doing all kinds of manner of wickedness. And that's pretty much the case. We don't consider our actions because rebellion is in us so greatly that we gravitate towards negativity. Why has this people, Jerusalem, slid back a perpetual backsliding? Perpetual is something you do over and over again. You never stop doing it, no matter what. They have held on to deceit. They refuse to repent. I hearkened and heard. They do not speak properly. No man regrets his wickedness, saying, Ah, what have i done each one turns in his course as frightening horse as a frightening horse to battle <sighs> even the stork in the heavens knows her season and the turtle does and the crane and the swallow await the time of their coming but my people do not know the ordinances of Jehovah. He's saying that, you know, birds, they fly in certain migrational patterns and they know when to go or where to go when it's cold and they always return back to where they belong. But he's saying you don't even know his ordinances. And the ordinances are attached to the, the high holy days or the things that he's commanded you to keep. The time that they passed. And, and, and they know exactly, they just know exactly how long to, to come back. They don't stay going away forever. They return back to where they begin, But he's saying that his people don't even know to turn back to the beginning of things. We stay right in our sin. It's like knowing your children of Israel and still following ways and someone telling you that you shouldn't be doing the things, but you don't care. You continue on doing the same things. It doesn't enter into your mind that They lie to you in one way, and they could be lying to you in another way. And the best way to understand is to seek wisdom. But we don't even think to do that. How did you say we are wise? Oh, come on now. Shit, I was okay. We together with that God. And the law of Jehovah is with us. Well, the law of God ain't with us. Because all our ass is saying the law don't matter. It's done away with us verily behold it is vain it is in vain he would he made a false scribe's pen he saying <laughs> him providing it to us was in vain truly it is because we don't consider it he didn't say that you weren't supposed to do it if you listen to the words that's spoken It's literally telling you that the people rejected it and they made decisions to tweak them for themselves. And you wonder how we ended up here, how you wonder how Christianity is a thing and people actually keep that shit is because the tweakings that they kept making, people kept those tweakings, not the thing that he actually gave them, the things that they thought they wanted to keep. And that was beneficial to them. That was more prevalent than keeping what he actually gave us. And you wonder why we got here. If you really think about what he's saying and how the hell we got Christianity, it makes a whole bunch of damn sense. They kept tweaking it for their own benefit. Wise men, wise men were ashamed. They were broken and caught. Behold, they rejoiced the word of Jehovah. Now what wisdom have they? Therefore, I will give their wives to others. nigger. Their fields to those who possess them. For from the smallest to the greatest, they all commit robbery. From prophet to priest. They all deal falsely and they they healed the breach of my people easily saying, peace, peace, but there is no peace. They shall be put to shame since they have committed abominations. Neither are they ashamed, nor do they know. To feel disgrace, Father, God, do we not know to feel disgrace? They will therefore fall among the slain. At the time I have visited upon them, they will stumble, says Jehovah. I will utterly consume them, says Jehovah. There shall be no grapes on the vine, no figs on the fig tree. Even the leaves will be withered for what I gave them, they transgressed. Why do we still why do we sit still, gather together? Let us go to the fortified cities, and there let us sit in silence, for Yahuwah, our Yah, has silenced us and has given us poison water to drink because we have sinned against Jehovah listen listen if we think about christianity as the poison water a representation of what you think you have because he re- he refers to the torah as life or the water of life so if torah is the water of life he gonna give you poisoned water, something similar to but different than what he's already gave you. Oh man. Mm. We hope for peace, but no good came. For a time of healing. But behold, terror. If you think about the, the the slave trade and all of the terror that the people had to deal with, come on. You can't help but to see that. From Dan is heard the snorting of their horses and the sound of the neighing of their stallions. The whole land quakes. They come and devour the land. And its produce the city and those that dwell therein. And and the mention of Dan goes back to earlier, I think a couple chapters earlier when it talked about that calf being in Dan the people worshipped. and the and the and the horse is speaking because it's the it's the um it's the the piercings of their mighty ones an impression of numbers chapter three verse two, which is the sounds of the scourge and the sound of the noises of the wheels and the galloping horses, and the bounding chariots. He's talking about the city being robbed. The raiders, you know, they came in and invaded the land and took everything in sight. For behold, I am sending you serpents, atlas, which cannot be charmed, and they shall bite you, says Jehovah. He's saying he's sending people to 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 um, come against you. These are people that you you really can't charm. So basically, he's saying this represents a group of people that you've never dealt with before, and because um they had a way of. <laughs> I'm talking. Yeah, you know how sometimes we, you can see us really like, like we, the way we talk. We know how to talk to people to get them to do certain stuff. They won't be able to be charmed. And when you think about some of the stuff we've dealt with over the past 400 years, you couldn't charm white people to do shit because they had a natural hatred for you. And it didn't matter what you said to them, what changed the mind of how they feel about you. And that's the best way to explain that. Where I was, where I would, where I to suppress my grief. My heart is sick within me. Hearken the voice from a distant land. And the cry of the daughter of my people is, Yehoah, not in Zion, is not the king therein. Why? Why? Have they provoked me with their graven images with their strange vanity its it listen the way God says this it's like 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 hearing a parent say, "Please, please, don't make me have to deal with you. I'm telling you, I ain't going to keep talking to you. This is my last time talking to you when i I'm gonna deal with you. I'm telling you you don't want me to have to do this." But even in in the parent, we feel hurt when we have to whoop our kid's ass. It doesn't make us feel good to have to chasten them, but we know it's the thing that we have to do in order to get them right. It's when you have that one child... That that, that is just so fucking rebellious and there's nothing you can do to get through to them. They make up all kinds of excuses for their negativity and the things they do. And they keep getting themselves in all kinds of trouble and you keep trying to pull them out. And the more you pull them out, the more they keep doing. And you're not realizing you pulling them out of the trouble is not helping them. It's only hindering them because if you stop pulling them out of trouble, Then they're going to have to learn how to fight on their own. The harvest is past. The summer is ended. And we are not saved. For the wound of the daughter of my people. I am wounded with grief. I mourn and dismay has taken hold of me. Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then has the health of the daughter of my people not been restored? Oh, that my head were full of waters and my eyes a fountain of tears that I might weep today and night for the slain of the daughter of my people. Oh, that I had in the desert of waterfarers, lodging places, that I might leave my people and go away from them. For they are all adulterers, a company of traitors, a company of traitors. There's a lot of traitors. There's some treacherous ass people there. They have directed their tongues treacherously as their bows. Wait a minute. They've directed their tongues treacherously, meaning they talk very treacherously. They communicate treacherously. The mouth of a nigga is treacherous. Yes, it is. We will tear you up with our mouth and think shit about it. And ask you, do you think I care about what I just said? You know how many times I correct people about being so nasty to other people. And the first thing they say is, I don't care. I don't give a damn what you say. I'm going to say what I want to say when I want to say it. You know how we are. God already telling you. They have directed their tongue treacherously <laughs> as their bows a bow is is you 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 get the arrow ready to pierce why you think the bow is is mentioned The arrow pierces you so your mouth is prepared like a bow opened up ready to ready to ready to release so that it can go right into the heart. And they have grown strong in the land, not for the sake of truth. For they proceed from evil to evil and they do not know me, says Jehovah. Nigga, talk to us. Let each one beware of his neighbor and do not trust any brother for their brother Forges plans and every neighbor spreads slander. Nickel. Boy, he definitely talking about niggas right here now, goddamn. Let each one beware, be, we, be aware, be. Oh, shit. <laughs> Let each one be aware, beware of his neighbors. Be afraid of your neighbor and do not trust. Any brother for their brother forges plans. They go around seeking to do some fucked up shit to you. And spread all kind of wicked slander. Meaning they go around telling all your damn business. Trying to make you, talking about you. Oh, let me tell you what so-and-so did. Oh, let me tell you how they ain't shit. They be talking about you all behind your back. Lying. Just spreading all kind of lies. Just to be lying. Indeed, they deceive one another. And do not speak the truth. Nigga. You can't tell me this ain't talking about no niggas. They have taught their tongues to speak lies. They commit iniquity until they are weary. They go around spreading all kinds of shit wreaking havoc on other people's lives. They don't care. We go around tearing up everybody's life. Your habitation is in the midst of deceit. Because of deceit, they refuse to know me, says Jehovah. Therefore, thus says Jehovah, I will refrain them and test them for what else can I do because of the wickedness of the daughter of my people? Father, help us. Their tongue is a deadly arrow. Your mouth is a deadly arrow. You go tearing up people with your mouth. It speaks deceit. Each one speaks peaceful, peaceably with his mouth to his neighbor but in his heart, he lies a trap for him. He's saying this. Some people talk really soft and nice to their people. But truly, in their heart, they really hate them. We go around tearing up everybody with our mouth. And we stand, there, we stand strong in the way we do it. You hear God talking about the things he got an issue with his people with. And we go around tearing up and hurting our brothers and sisters with our mouths. And that we stand in and we, we celebrate that we do these things. Shall I not punish them for these things, says Jehovah? Shall I not avenge myself on the nation such as this? Please forgive us, forgive us for being treacherous, mouthy ass people, seeking to devour our brothers with our mouths to tear them down and, and being negative and hurtful. Correct us that we walk up right before you. I will take up a weeping and a welling for the mountains and a lamentation for the dwelling of the wilderness because they are withered and without any one passing through and the lowing of the cattle is not heard both the fowl of the heavens and the beast have fled and are gone for the mountains for the destruction of the mountains and the dwellings in the wilderness the dwellings of the shepherds in the wilderness is an expression of a place they they go to go to um stay while they're out you know watching the cattle cuz you know sometimes people take their their cattle out far and they don't have time to get back to home so they make a tent in certain places so that the um you know the animals get what they need. The um the food. Um um grazing. You you hear cowboys used to do, talk about talk about that all the time when they go, um driving the herd. To your house. And the dwelling of sanctity. Our house is supposed to be our place of sanctity. This is why you always hear me talking about or telling women that it's important for the man's house to be peace. That they come home, you try not to, um, frustrate them so much when they come home, you know, um, and giving them space when they first come home from work to de-stress themselves. They are, um, distant to go, destined to go. Um, for 42 years, um, no one passed through the through Judah from the exile of Zedekiah until the order of Cyprus, the king of Persia. Um, there were 52 years. An allusion to the matter is that the numerical value for and the beast amounts to fifty two and the compilation is exact. Um some numerical value of the beast itself. And I think this might be where they actually got the thing they wrote in in the Revelations about the beast and the number of a man. Mm-hmm and I will make Jerusalem heaps of ruin, a lair of jackals. And I will make the city of Judah a desolation without habitants, a lair of jackals. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jackals are treacherous hunters. Who is the man so wise that he can understand this is basic sense. And who is he to whom the mouth of Jehovah has spoken that he may declare it? Why is the land ruined and withered like a wilderness without anyone passing through it? And Jehovah said, It is because. They have forsaken my law, Father, which I sent before them and have not hearkened to my voice nor walked by it. But they have followed the view of their own hearts. And after Balaam, which their fathers taught them to worship, let's take you back to Deuteronomy 28 again, when he's giving you a list Of all of the curses. That they were going to deal with. Because they didn't do what he asked them to do. All you see is curses. And lamentations and woes. Because of not following what he gave them. Therefore. Thus says Jehovah. The Yah of Israel. Behold. I will feed them. This people. With wormwood. Wormwood is a very bitter thing. And will give them poisonous water to drink. Here he says a second time now about this poisonous water. And how do we know, nigga, he talked about Christianity because of what he says above when he says he, they don't keep his law. And since they don't keep his law, I'm going to give you a poisonous. What? Water to drink. And if the law is viewed as water or living water. Then what he's going to give you is going to be a representation of that. But it's not going to be beneficial or for your good. So why it can't be nothing more than Christianity or Islam to to say that to, to say the least. I will scatter them among the nations. Whom neither they nor their fathers have known. Isn't that what he said in Deuteronomy 28? And I will send the sword after them until I have consumed them. Did he not say that in Deuteronomy 28? Thus said Oak, consider and call for the hired woman, mourners, that they come and send For the skillful women and let them come. So let them make haste and rise a welling over us. So that our eyes may shed tears and our eyelids gash with water. I may have professional wellers. They still have them, professional wellers. They come and cry during funeral services. Um, For a sound of wailing is hard for Zion. Oh, how we are ruined. We are very much ashamed because we have left the land. Because they have cast down our dwellings. Father. Father the people are sad because they no longer live in their land indeed hear O woman the word of Jehovah and let our ear receive the word of his mouth teach your daughters a lamentation and each to her neighbor a dirge for death has penetrated our widows our windows sorry it has entered our place palaces to cut off the inhabitants from the street. And the young men from the squares speak, thus says Yehoah. Indeed, the carcasses of men shall fall like dung on the open field. And the sheaves after the reaper with none to gather them. Thus says Yehoah. Let not the wise man boast of his wisdom, nor the strong man boast of his strength, nor the rich man boast of his riches. Well, boasting ain't going to get you out of what's coming. and Your wisdom can't save you. And even if you think you strength are strong enough to escape, eventually you'll succumb to what I have set for you. And your money can't get you out of this. Because these people won't care about any of that. And niggas. Oh niggas. Whew. But let him that boast exaltedness. That he understands and knows me. For I am Yehoah. Who practices kindness Justice and righteousness on the earth. For in these things I delight, says Jehovah. I bet most of y'all say, kindness? Not all the stuff he finna do. Oh, I can't see kindness in that. Oh no, it's kindness. (laughs) Behold, days are coming, says Jehovah. "when I will punish every circumcised one with his uncircumcision. Edip. Judah, Edom, the children of Ammon, Moab, and all those cast off to the corners who dwell in the deserts. For all the nations are uncircumcised and all the house of Israel are of uncircumcised hearts. So he's saying, well, we know the heathens ain't acting right. But my people just like them. (laughs) <laughs> ain't no difference between the two. That's the end of the three chapters. It's kind of good i didn't didn't do too bad today. Um, much love and respect and all things think about take some time to reflect on your actions towards God. And um, learning how to reverence him. And really, really start carving out some time to to just spend some time with him. The more we spend with him and studying in our word, the more connected we are to him, the more cognizant we are. Of the things that we do that are incorrect. <coughs> that might be sinful. <gasps> Excuse me. In action. Much love and respect. Appreciate your family. Shalom, salim, shalom, which one, whichever one you choose. And God, may you keep your people. May we continue to learn. The ways of our ancestors. As best as we can know how. And I pray that. Soon we begin to unite. As a nation of people within a nation. So that our nation can come back into existence again. I love you all much. Good night.